Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov, to all of you listeners of this great station that only broadcasts Divrei Torah, Divrei Musa, Divrei Halacha, Divrei Orerut, and of course religious music. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC, going to talk about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Naso. Incidentally, Parashat Naso is the longest parasha in the Chumash. And it has 176 pesukim. 176. Now, in the Tehillim, the, the longest mizmor in the Tehillim is Kofiutet. Mizmor 119. And lo and behold, it also has 176 pesukim. And we go even further in Torah Be'alpeh in the Gemara. Baba Batra is the longest Masechta. Uh, and how many Dapim does it have? You guessed it. 176 Dapim. Quite interesting, uh, the idea that uh, the, or the longest one are all the same. It, Parashat Naso has many, many uh, topics in there. But of course, one very beautiful topic is the Birkat Kohanim. The Birkat Kohanim, the blessing of the priests, now, this is the only avodah that was done in the Beit HaMikdash when the Beit HaMikdash was existing and is still applicable today. All the other services that were done in the Beit HaMikdash, unfortunately, once the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, we don't have them anymore. But the Birkat Kohanim, we still have that. It's a beautiful blessing. Of course, they, the Ashkenazim have it only on the holidays, and the Sephardim have it all every single day. Now, just prior to the Birkat Kohanim, the Torah speaks about the Nazir. What is the Nazir? The Nazir is a person that restricts himself from certain things. He cannot drink wine, can't have a haircut, and he cannot be metame. He cannot defile himself by coming in proximity of any of the close relatives, even the close, the close relatives, his father, his mother, or his sister, can't do it. Now, what's the idea by the smichut, this proximity of Birkat Kohanim to the Nazir? So the, the, uh, the Hazal say, I just like a Kohen is Kadosh, I say Vekidashto. And they, uh, just like a Kohen is Kadosh, the Nazir is also Kadosh. It says, Kol Yemen Yisro Kadosh Hu Lashem. It says in the, in the Torah, all the days of his Nazirut, he is a holy, holy to Hashem, just like the Kohen. But there is one thing that's a notch higher that the Nazir has versus a Kohen Hediot, a regular plain Kohen. A plain Kohen, he can defile himself by coming in proximity of the seven close relatives. A Nazir can't. Not even his parents, no, no one. The Torah says he cannot get near, he cannot be metame himself regardless of who it is. This is a higher, a little higher Kedushah, the Kohen Gadol, he cannot be metame to the seven close relatives. But in the Kohen Idiot, he can. 
and the Nazir, he can't. What's the idea behind the fact that, hey, the Nazir is a little bit higher than the Kohen in that sense? Well, in order to for me to understand, to explain this to you, uh, I would like to bring up a very short Mishnah from the Pirkei Avot. The Mishnah says the following. Rabbi Shimon Omer, this is in Perik, uh, Perik Dalet. Rabbi Shimon says, ketarim hem. There are three crowns. Keter Torah, the crown of Torah, the crown of Kehuna, that is the Kohen Gadol, and the crown of the king. Obviously, what does that mean, the crowns? You mean these are people that we have an obligation to give respect to. We must respect the king. We have to respect the Kohen Gadol. And we have to respect the Talmud Hacham. The Talmud Hacham comes to town. We have to give him a lot of respect. But it says at the end of the Mishnah, Veketer Shem Tov Ole Al The crown of a good name goes even beyond the other three. What does that mean? A person who has a good name is better than a king? How do we we understand that? In other words, what is the message that Rabbi Shimon is trying to give us? I think when you look closely into these three crowns, these three distinguished personalities, the king, the Kohen Gadol, and the Tamit Hakam, we see a hierarchy of effort, labor, and toil. Let me explain that. A king, for him to become a king, doesn't have to do much. If he is the son of a king, he becomes a king. Something that's completely inherited. A Kohen Gadol, that's a little, a, a little higher than that. Why? Because a Kohen Gadol has to have a bigger effort. What does that mean? There may be 10,000, 20,000 Kohanim. You're taking one out of those 10,000 to be the Kohen Gadol. It's not necessarily inherited. So what does that mean? It means that he has to be Raui. He has to be fit. He has to be a man of wisdom, even a man of wealth. A man that's recognized by... By, by, by the people, is a fair person. So there is some, he has to do something in his lifetime to be able to deserve that kind of a position. So that's a little higher than the king. At Talmud Hakam, his effort is even higher. He has to be studying really I gotta be there night, you have to stay to stay into it, you know, to be to become a big Every day, every minute. Okay, we don't have to be uh, like not everybody can be like that. Still, if a person wants to attain to reach that, that position of a Tamid Hakam, then you have the effort is gonna be even bigger. So we have here a hierarchy of effort. The king hardly does anything. 
he's inheriting his position. The Kohen Gadol is half and a half. And Tamil Hakam, tremendous effort. So Rabbi Shimon is telling us that the Keter Shem Tov is even greater as far as effort is concerned. In order for a person to be able to, uh, to enjoy a good name in the community, in the world, he really has to work on it at all times. And not only he has to, rec- he has to show that he has a good name, Everyone else has to agree. Yes, this man has a good name. After all, a king could be a king and not have a good name. It's possible. We had many kings that didn't have a good name at all. We had many kings that were a shaim. Even a, 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 a Kohen Gadol. Well, we had Kohanim Gedolim in a, a, during the, the latter part of the uh, Bet HaMikdash, the second Bet HaMikdash. They were, they were nothing. They, they just bought their way uh, to that position. Doesn't mean they have a good name. And so on. And a Tamin Hakam that is not, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, does not how to uh, behave with the people, uh, he may not have a good name either. But the person who has a good name wants to work hard for it, even harder than all of them. That's what he means. Now we can understand the difference between a regular Kohen and a Nazir. A Kohen, to be a Kohen, doesn't do a thing. He happens to be the son of a Kohen. And that's it. He becomes a Kohen. So he's, yeah, he, he, he can be metameh to the seven close relatives because the only reason he is a Kohen because of the, his relatives, because his father was, was a Kohen. The Nazir, he does this by choice. He's prohibiting himself from doing these things. He's restricting himself from these things. He's made a bigger effort. And Nazir is not just a person who says to himself, okay, I'm not going to drink wine. I'm not going to uh, take a haircut. I'm not going to be metame to, to, to uh, uh, a met. That's not, that's not the, the, the concept of a Nazir. The concept is that a person who has been going astray, who's been going in the wrong path, now he wants to take a certain path where he's going to restrict himself from certain temptations of this world in order to concentrate and devote himself only Avodat Hashem. He wants to kill his Yisrael. Wine is something a person becomes shikor, becomes drunk, and the Yisrael comes. Here, uh, you trim it, you know, to... For a person to, to look good and so on and so forth. That's the idea is that he is going to take himself away from certain things in order to concentrate only on one thing, Avodat Hashem. That's the idea uh, uh, of, of the Nazir. And that's why he's considered a Kadosh. Now, uh, the uh, as as we're talking about the Nazir, I would like to just bring up a, the point of the uh, of the Haftarah that we read yesterday. 
interesting. Obviously, that there's always a connection between the Haftarah and the Parashah, and the connection here is very obvious because the Parashah talks about the Nazir and the, the Haftarah talks about the Nazirut of Shimshon. So the Haftarah tells us how Shimshon, who was a Shofet, Israel, uh, how he was born. So it says in, uh, this is in Shoftim, Perek Yud Gimel, an angel of God came to the woman, that is, the mother of Shimshon. And he said to her, look, you are sterile. You never give birth. But however, now you're going to conceive veharit ve'aladben, and you're going to give birth to a son. However, Ishamrina, be careful. Don't drink wine or intoxicating drinks, and don't eat anything that is tameh. In the olden days, everything could be tameh or tahor. Uh, there were people that were very, very careful only to eat foods that were tahor and not tameh. Other people were not so careful about that. If a person ate something tameh, becomes tameh himself, the only problem with that is that he cannot go to the Beit HaMikdash. Today we are all Tameim, Tameimitim. <clears throat> so he taught basically two things. No wine and not eating any food. That is Tameh. And uh, uh, he also adds that he will not be to cut his hair. Fine. Well, she goes to tell her husband about it. And her husband, uh, he wants to see for himself. So he goes and prays to Hashem, please let the Malach come back. Let the angel come back and tell me what's going on. <clears throat> so the Malach comes back. And he comes back to the, to the woman. And she calls her husband. And he tells her, he tells him, you know, you know what I, I told your wife is that uh, she cannot drink any wine. She cannot have. She cannot eat anything that's tameh. Now, in this repetition, uh, the malach is repeating what he told the wife. Is repeating it to the husband. Now, is there any difference at all? Do we detect anything different between what he said to the woman and what he said to the man? Lo and behold there is a slight difference. To explain that slight difference, let me again quote a short Mishnah from Pirke Avot, Perek Aleph. <clears throat> it says, and the Anshek Neset Agdullah says the following, Em Amru Devarim, they said three things. This is, goes to the Dayan, the judges. He said, be very patient. When a, uh, a case come to you, don't say, well, I had the same exact case two years ago. Okay, I know what the answer is. Let me give him the answer right now. Each case always has a slight variation. Be patient. Ha'amidu talmidim harbe. I have a lot of Talmidim. 
because you never know which Talmud is going to be really a big Talmud Hacham. We never know who is Mukhshar, who is Pikeah, and who has the mind that can be a great Talmud Hacham. By having a lot of them, some of them are going to become Talmud Hachamim. And finally, and this is the one I'm interested in, Put a fence around the Torah. What does that mean, put a fence around the Torah? It means when we have a, a certain prohibition which is from the Torah, we have to build some fence around it before we get to somehow violating that prohibition of the Torah, we put something in between to protect us. Now, this is like someone who has a beautiful garden, beautiful fruits, apples, oranges, figs, cherries. If he leaves that garden completely open, obviously, people are going to come and take. It's open. But if he puts a fence around it, ah, now you got to go through the fence first. The fence will give a protection. According to the halakha of the Torah, we could climb up a tree. Hachamim say, no, you can't. Why? Because if you climb up a tree, you're going to perhaps break a branch. You break a branch, cannot do that. We're not allowed to break something that is uh, 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 connected to the ground. You cannot pick an apple if it's connected to the, uh, to the tree. You cannot pick it. Once it's picked before, then you can do what you can cut it, you can do whatever you want. But as long as it is by the source, you don't. Now, there are many, many, many gezerot that the hachamim put in. Why? in order to be able not to go to the main and violating the actual uh, uh, prohibition of the Torah. If the Torah says three times, you shall not eat milk with meat. Now, the Torah does not mention anything about fowl, about birds, about chicken and milk. But the Hachamim said, wait a minute. Chicken is meat. Meat it just looks like meat. A simpleton, a person with a simple mind, is going to say himself, hey, wait a minute, hey, this is meat, this is meat. So, you know, no difference, right? The hachamim, in their great wisdom, they said, you know what? You can't have chicken with milk either. Because once you start with that, it comes to the other one. We have to put fences around the prohibitions of the Torah. And where is there in the Torah an example of offense around the prohibition? By the Nazir. If you look at the parasha of the Torah, a Nazir basically is not supposed to drink wine. But the Torah is saying, not only you cannot drink wine, you cannot have grapes either. You can't even have the skin of the grape or the seeds of the grape. Because once you have that, maybe you'll come to the wine. 
So here we see the Torah itself is building up a fence for the Nazir so that he doesn't come to the violation of the drinking of the wine. This kind of a sayag, what we call a sayag, a fence, is also the difference between what the angel, the malach, said to the wife, to the woman, and what he repeated to the husband. To the woman, he said, don't drink wine and don't have anything tameh. But then, when he repeated to the husband, he said, Mikol asher Whatever comes out of the grapevine, not only the wine, but anything that comes out of it. I mean, it's not even, no, no grapes, no grape juice, no skins, no seeds, nothing. This is Sayag. This is a fence. And he tells the woman herself, you, you start with that yourself. Don't wait until the baby is born and you don't give him ever wine or cutties or whatever. No. This teaches us a lesson, great lesson. A parent has to take example first. He has to be the one to take example. Give example to the children. The mother has to do the same so that the kid should understand. That's the way to behave. If a father tells his son, hey, you cannot eat that food because it's not kosher enough, and he goes ahead and eats it himself, that is no answer. The kid is not going to listen. <laughs> if, if, if the father eats it, he's going to eat it. We have to show proper example to our children. You want your child to be Yerushalayim? You have to be Yerushalayim. You want your child to go to the synagogue? Show him you go to the synagogue. As a matter of fact, I just want to tell you a little, uh, an, a little anecdote here. One, one father one time went uh, to, his, uh, to his rabbi. He went to the rabbi, rabbi and he said to him, you know, I think my two-year-old son is going to be a big Tamid Hakam. Big, big guy. He says, what do you base it on? What do you base it on? So he says, well, you know, every morning I see him, he, he takes the, the, the Lego, you know, the Lego that they have and they play with it, right? And he puts in like a tefillin around his hand, and he takes a sidur, and he shuckles, you know, he waves back and forth. I think he's going to be a big Yerisha Mayim. So the Rebbe says, wait a minute. I don't know what your son's going to be in the future, but I can tell you one thing. What you're telling me now is no evidence. It only shows me one thing, that you, the father, you don't go to the synagogue. You pray at home. You put the tefillin on with a sidur on. He does the same thing. All he's doing is copying you, emulating what you're doing. That's right. If you want your kids to do certain things, sure, the yeshiva is tremendous. It's great. It tells them exactly how to behave, tell them all the rules, and they'll fine. 
but it has to be supplemented by the parents at home. So that's a very, very big lesson that we learned from here. So Rabbi as long as we well, two lessons we're learning from here, that we have to respect the Gezerot, all the fancies that our Hachamim are putting around us, we must respect those. And as parents, we have also to show the example to our children. Amezat Hashem, we'll have beautiful children, Yerei Shamaim, and Tamirei Hachamim. And this will bring us our Meshiach Sitkenu, Bekarov Amen Rabotai, just want to mention again that this station only exists because of your contributions. Please, be generous. Whatever you can afford, please try to help them. And, of course, if you have any simha, we have a beautiful catering hall in our synagogue at SLC. We'll be very happy to accommodate you. Shavua Tov. Kulichem. Tiskula Miswot.